quick. What's your favorite thing about Duluth? I can tell you mine with no hesitation. Lake Superior. I find that lake and the comings and goings of the ships endlessly fascinating. It just never gets old. And one of the choicest moments for me as a sailor comes along every three years when the tall ships come to town from all over the world. In fact, that's why I picked the timing for this trip, even though it would be a big change from years past. It was going to be held in Two Harbors, a pretty small town 25 miles up the North Shore from Duluth. I was mm, a little apprehensive about it, like how would they handle the tourist traffic and spectator crowds? The rumors were that cars would be lined up on the road all the way back to Duluth. But come to find out, there was nothing to worry about. We just drove right in and parked and walked to the festival grounds around Agate Bay. We're very happy to be here in Tall Ships in the sun on a beautiful day. The scale of the event is smaller, for sure, but thousands of people are having a great time. Not as many ships as other years, uh, but a nice half dozen, and there's no shortage of people willing to tear themselves away from all the vendors' tents and live music uh, to stand in line for an up-close look. But personally, my eye is drawn to another part of the harbor, the dock where the Edna G, the old steam tug, stays tied up, and then right next to her, the Sundew, the beautiful 180-foot U.S. Coast Guard cutter that served 60 years on the Great Lakes before she was decommissioned back in 2004. Now, that tug hasn't run in decades. She's uh, idle for life. But the Sundew, she's anything but idle these days, and the how and why of it makes a pretty interesting story. It all started 1943. That's when marine iron and shipbuilding began work on the Sundew. World War II was raging, and the twin ports, Duluth and Superior, were bustling. Had half a dozen different shipyards building and launching over 200 vessels of 10 different types. Among them were 38 ships, just like the Sundew, 180 feet long, each named for a plant. <laughs> There was uh, the cactus, <laughs> the woodbine, the basswood, the woodrush, and so on. The sundew is actually a carnivorous plant native to Australia uh, that lives by attracting and digesting uh, insects and uh, other small prey. Uh, that is, of course, not what the ship sundew uh, was made to do, however. No, 
Having been built during World War II, she was originally fitted with 20mm guns, a 3-inch cannon, and depth charges, all since removed. Uh, as much fun as they might still be around the 4th of July, huh? The Sundu actually had three main missions. One, taking care of buoys and aids to navigation, uh, which have to be hauled out and put back in place to prevent ice damage in the winter. Yeah, it might sound easy, but keep in mind, these markers are put there to warn of dangerous surrounding waters, and they have to be moved in the least hospitable of seasons. Secondly, these ships are icebreakers. They're designed to be driven up onto the edges of ice flows and break them with their weight. Finally, these are what the Coast Guard used for search and rescue when the weather goes to hell and somebody is in trouble out there. So just when any sane skipper would want to be in a safe harbor, the captain of the Sundu needed to be ready to go out there. In fact, it was the Sundu that rescued survivors of the freighter Carl Bradley when it sank in a November gale back in 1959. So, you might be able to guess, uh, these are some real tough boats. Tough as they may be, however, there's not many left. Out of the Sundu's 38 sister ships built in Duluth, uh, there might be two or three still left running somewhere. One of them is even rumored to be operating off the coast of Africa of all places. When the Sundu was retired in 2004, the Coast Guard donated her to the city of Duluth, her home port. She was docked in Canal Park as a museum ship, and there she sat until the 08 recession set in. Tourism dropped off, so the city decided to put her up for sale, $100,000, almost exactly the value of the 25,000 gallons of fuel in her tanks. The offer sparked the imagination of one Jeff Foster, Duluth native and owner of the trucking company that bears his name. I had a chance to catch up with Jeff during a little breather from hosting tours in two harbors, and he told me about falling in love with the Sundu. I just grabbed a friend, dear friend of mine who was an engineer, and we came over and at the Sundu, we, um, we got on the ship and walked around. I was just amazed by it. It's a, it is a Duluth treasure, actually, because it was built in Duluth. The wood rush, which was predecessor to it, was built in Duluth, which was the exact same boat. So for all those years between the wood rush and the, and the Sundu, it looked like the same ship, just different name. And uh, and it was the men and the women of the of Duluth and Superior, you know, northern Minnesota, northern Wisconsin, that built it during the war years because it was built in 1944. So I'm learning all this stuff after looking at it and seeing what, what an amazing ship it was and understanding it a little bit more. Then Tony and I had a conversation about it. Yep, Tony, that would be Tony Fladmark, Jeff's wife, and that conversation started out very much along the same lines uh, as countless spousal interactions down through the ages. 
When the topic turns to buying a boat. The first conversation was probably not as positive as you might imagine. <laughs> I was not in favor of buying. No, for the record, I love the Sundu as much as Jeff, maybe even more. I, I love this ship. But at that time, we were so busy. And I looked at Jeff and I said, how in the world can we possibly add a ship that large into our busy schedule? How is that going to work? And, you know, to his credit, he said, volunteers. He said, we can do it with volunteers. And I almost didn't believe him at the time. But the truth is, people have come to this ship to help save this ship, to scrape, to paint, to rebuild all the damaged systems, to turn the ship into a living, breathing, working ship. And it has been amazing. It has been humbling. They are now some of our best friends. It's like family. So it has turned into one of the, the big, wonderful things of our life. The Sundew started taking on a life of her own, a new life. Jeff and Tony and all the dozens of volunteers that shared the dream spent the better part of a year getting her out of mothballs and ready to go back out on Lake Superior. There are pictures uh, hanging in the wardroom that capture the incredible sense of excitement and accomplishment. The picture I like to point out is when the Sundew became a museum ship, there's a picture of the tug backing the Sundew into what would become, you know, her final resting place as a museum ship. This is gonna be her final birth. In essence, I think of it as her, her graveyard because she was gonna be there as a museum ship till she could no longer be a museum ship. Then I point to the next picture and I said, and you see, here's a picture of the Sundew coming out of the Blue Bridge in Bluth Harbor. I said, this is the Sundew after we worked on her all this time and she's coming out of what was supposed to be her final resting place, her graveyard, and she's coming out under her own power. The Sundew went on to become one of Lake Superior's most celebrated attractions. It's hard to describe the reactions she gets from the public like all these people waiting in line at the Festival of Sail, uh, just for a chance to step aboard. People are so, um, they love the, the tour so much. They love hearing about the history of the Sundew. There have been times when I came around the corner and said, okay, now I'm going to hand you off to, you know, so-and-so. And they start clapping. They're so happy to have learned something about the Sundew and this little piece of history. That uh, heartfelt expression of, hey, thank you for keeping this boat alive. And that's powerful. Jeff and Tony have made the Sundew more than just a tourist attraction, though. She's become a working member of the community in ways even her crew could never have imagined. We work with um, a lot of the different law enforcement agencies in town. So the Coast Guard has practiced um, different drills on the ship. They do like hostile boarding. So as if, uh, you know, so that was so interesting because they came alongside of the ship Throw up grapple hooks while we're underway trying to get on the ship and take over as if it was a hostile ship. So it was a great exercise, training exercise for them. And I always think it's kind of funny because sometimes we do these things right in the middle of the Bluth Harbor. And I wonder, do people think that we're being, we're trying to get away from all this law enforcement? But no, it's really fun. We work with them. We're, 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 you know, we're happy to um, have the ship serve in that capacity for those kinds of training events. It's been more than a decade since the Sundew came out of retirement and 
took up such a big place in the lives of the people who love her. I had to ask, what's the biggest kick of all? For me, it's all the crew members and the volunteers that we have who become our best friends and and just a wonderful group of people. But I have to say the second best thing is just being out on the lake, the breeze blowing through the bridge. I love being at the wheel, going through the aerial lift bridge and looking at the open lake in front of you and it's like an adventure, adventure waiting to happen. And I, I echo that, the relationships. It's, it's amazing uh, the, the people that we've met and people who continue to meet. The Sundew is eh, pretty close to 80 years old now. I have to wonder. Can the Sundew live forever? But how long can this ship go on? Oh, I don't know. It's it'll be in the freshwater vessel as it is. You know, it can go on as long as we take care of it. Um, I don't know. That, that's, that's a great question. We hope it goes on for, you know, a good long while. I think the ship will last for a very long time. One, because so many people care about it. It's an icon of the Blue Harbor and it's a really cool ship. And the other part is that it was built really well. It's a well-built ship. It was built in 44. It was built, um, as Jeff alluded before, by the men and women of Duluth, because this was post-war, you know, during World War II. And it was built by Rosie the Riveter. and. We actually had a woman come on board whose mother helped do the rivets on this ship, which is very interesting. Wow. And what I always say to people, they go, wow, the Sunday is really in good shape for being so old. Well, one reason I always say is because it was in fresh water. And the other reason is because it was built by women. That's why it's still in really good shape. <laughs> <laughs>